called this tonight a real simple message. You had to have a title. We can write this down. I am getting better. I'm getting better. Can you look at somebody and say, I'm getting better? This is a phrase that I believe needs to be common in your life. I believe if you are a Bible-believing Christian tonight, you better get real familiar with looking in the mirror and telling yourself, because of Jesus, I'm getting better. Even if I don't feel like it, even if I don't look like it, even if nobody else recognizes it, by default, you woke up connected to the king of heaven and earth. Therefore, you're getting better even if you don't feel like you're getting better. Your thought life is getting better. Your vision is getting better. Your faith level is getting better. And y'all, because the theme of this conference is so epic, no one else is coming. I believe it's our responsibility to get better day after day year after year because the better we are the brighter the light that shines on the God that saved us we better be getting better come on somebody say amen if you hear me you don't have to shout me down but I won't be mad at you and I believe we have an advantage when it comes to getting better because I don't know many people inside or outside of church that that wake up every day like I don't want to get better today except for people going on spring break I believe most people want to get better, but there comes a point in your life where you can only do so much. You can only fix your own life up. I was about to say pull your own bootstraps up so high, but nobody has bootstraps. You can only kind of self-medicate so long and you will reach a limit. But we are Christians tonight and we have an advantage when it comes to getting better. And I'm going to show you exactly what it is. It is incredible. Can I read you some of this scripture? Did you bring a Bible tonight? Did you bring something to drink? Cheers. And I want to quickly take you to the book of Leviticus. I'm kidding. No, not not this conference. We're going to go. Three people were like, finally, the real stuff. Why don't you go quickly to the book of John? And I'm going to set this up the best I can. Basically, Jesus... He's been hanging out with a select group of people, as we know. And he's been dropping hints that he's not going to be around much longer. And this is understandably freaking his guys out because they're hanging out with Jesus. Like, it would be fair to assume if you hung out with Jesus, it would be a fair thought to be like, it can't get any better. Am I right? Like, you're hanging out with Jesus. Like, how could it get any better? But Jesus keeps dropping some hints about where he's headed, about the end of his reign on this earth for this moment, kind of where he's headed. And the guys start to freak out a little bit. So Jesus starts to lay it down for them. He starts to let them know you will be persecuted. You will go through some serious drama. And then he gets to this moment. I think maybe he sensed how anxious they were. And he says something that is unbelievable. This is John chapter 16, roughly verse 7 says, but here is the truth. You ready for this? It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager will not be released to you. But after I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will expose sin. He will prove that the world is wrong about God's righteousness and his judgment. Sin, because they refuse to believe who I am. Righteousness, because I'm going back to join the Father and you'll see me no longer. And judgment, because the ruler of this dark world has already received his sentence. I love that. He says the Holy Spirit is going to go around reminding the devil that he lost day in and day out. There's so much more I'd like to say to you. But it's more 
then you can grasp at this moment. But when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak on his own, but only what he hears from the Father, and he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. He will glorify me on the earth, for he will receive from me what is mine, and he will reveal it to you. Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me. And that's why I say that the divine encourager will receive what is mine and reveal reveal it to you. Soon you won't see me any longer, but then after a little while, you're going to see me in a new way. Jesus is letting them know it is better that I go because the Holy Spirit is going to come and change your life. And I'm going to get here as fast as I can tonight, but I do believe that if we are going to be dedicated to getting better, we got to make a choice tonight to live spirit-led and live spirit-fed at all times like never before. And when I start talking about the Holy Spirit, I pray tonight that your eyes will start to open because for us, the Holy Spirit, this is not a weird concept. This is not a church theory. The Holy Spirit, he is the advocate. He is the comforter. He is your counselor. He is the way maker. He is the chain breaker. He is the one that breaks those things off your life that you can't do for yourself. He's the one that pushes you when you don't feel like pushing yourself. This is our event. Wouldn't it make sense to get to know the Holy Spirit a little bit better? Because you're only left with one alternative, y'all. If you don't want to press into the Holy Spirit, you're going to get stuck living out a supernatural salvation on your natural power. Good luck with that. You won't be able to live out one of these messages. There is no way we can do what God has called us to do without understanding that the advocate is here. The way maker is here. The one that lifts our head is here. No way you can live sexually pure if you don't know the Holy Spirit. There's no way you can live out Judah's message if you don't know the Holy Spirit. You can come to every VU conference that there is to come to. But if you don't understand where your help comes from, it's going to be a real short walk with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to get better. And I believe it's in the Holy Spirit. I believe he's given us a better way to live this life. Have you ever known somebody who apparently doesn't know that there's a better option and they continually do things the hardest way possible? Who knows somebody like that? Who's sitting next to him right now? Don't judge him. Just pray for him. Where it's like nobody's ever told them there, there's an easier way. Like I, I, me and my son, when we go to the, um, the airport, we always love to get on the power walkway. We call it the Holy Spirit walkway. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Where you get on there, it's kind of bouncy and it's kind of awesome. And Roman and I love to get on there and we'll always look around and see the same thing. And now Roman calls it out a little bit too loudly. But we'll be on there bouncing, doing our thing. And Roman always looks at the people to the left and to the right. And he's like, Dad. Why don't people get on this? And we'll look there and there'll be some family that's got 19 bags, 14 demonic children. They're sweating and they're fighting. He's like, Dad, doesn't everybody know that you're allowed to just get on this walkway? And it's so much easier. It's amazing because we're both going to the same destination. But apparently we've got the word that we're allowed to get on this walkway. But there are people, they're like, no, too easy. I want to break my back getting there. As if when they get to their gate, the lady's going to be back there and she's like, you know what? You seem like you worked harder to get here. Let me change your seat. It has never happened once 
This is religion without acknowledgement of the power of the Holy Spirit. You are working your way up to heaven and you're worshiping all you can and you read every verse in the Bible, but there's no power to your life. There's no hope to your life. What if tonight the Holy Spirit was to remind you that, hey, maybe you are striving at the wrong thing. Maybe God didn't save us to carry this burdensome religious load. Maybe the Holy Spirit saying tonight, I got a better way. I got a better way. I don't know about you, but I want to know what the better way is. And I believe this whole thing. If you believe there is a next chapter for your faith, who believes that? Supernatural. You feel like God is saying, hey, you're about to enter something new. Who believes that? I believe it has to start with this. You can write this down. I'm going to give you a couple note options. You don't have to write them down. But I know who's writing and who isn't. And in my heart, I'm judging and I'm getting offended and I'm loving. Next chapter, it has to start with a renewed passion to get, the, to get to know the Holy Spirit better. Real simple. So not your goals for life. Not who you're going to hook up with or date. Whose connect group you're going to be in. I believe the next chapter of your faith journey begins with a renewed passion to get to know the Holy Spirit better. Some scholars uh, often say that the Holy Spirit is the forgotten member of the Trinity. Can you imagine that? And I thought quickly, I know y'all didn't come to get a little bit of, uh, of teaching, but like I said, I'm not, a, I'm not like a conferency guy, and I figured somebody in here might need this. I'll give you three really quick facts about the Trinity. By the way, it means three in one. It's a big deal to understand this, and um, just before you freak out, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but the word Bible is not in the Bible either, and we need them both, so... Three quick facts about the Trinity. And if you kind of know this, cool, it's a good reminder. But maybe you don't. And I've found a lot of Christians fake it when it comes to the Trinity doctrine stuff. If you want to stop a conversation real fast, just start talking about the Trinity. People will just quickly move on. Number one, the Trinity, when it comes to our God, three in one, this theology that seems so big and massive. Number one, the three are equal, but they are distinctly different. This does not create confusion. It creates unity and diversity. It's one of the most beautiful early pictures we have of the nature of our God. He loves people so much, he gives us three avenues to understand how much he loves people. Number two, there is direct access to all three. Why would I even say that? Because I know Christians who will hear stuff like this and they get freaked out about it. They're like, wait a second. Like, who do I talk to? If it's three in one, if there's God and there's Jesus and there's the Holy Spirit, like, who do I talk to? Like, is it okay? I mean, what if I'm Jesus-centric in February, but I get a little bit too much Holy Spirit prayer time in the summer and I'm all God, you know, in the winter months, like, as if God's freaking out. You have direct access to heaven. This is the key. You don't need a priest. You don't need a pastor. You don't need a podcast. You don't need to have a Bible college degree. One of the most beautiful things about our God is that you have a direct line to heaven. So sometimes you're going to cry out to God. Other times you're going to lift up the name of Jesus. Other times you're going to walk and talk with the Holy Spirit. The point is, I know God. So if that's ever been confusing for you, I hope that the Holy Spirit will bring some light. I was in a hospital emergency room recently. I was in there waiting to see the status of a friend. There was another person that I knew in there. She had her her rosary beads. And this isn't meant to be disrespectful to anybody else's faith. But she's sitting there and she looked frustrated. I said, are you okay? And she goes, I can't remember. I can't remember the process. I think it's like 17 prayers over here. And it's 19 prayers over here. And what do you do? I was like, I do this thing. It's called I help. 
like, you don't have to. I said, no, I, 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 with respect to the saints, we don't pray to saints because they are dead. With the respect that is obviously given to the mother of our God, Mary. We love Mary, but we do not pray to her because she is not calling us back in this church, in this house. We pray to the one who died and rose again, and he's the one that brings us life. Everybody has access to this, y'all. So if you ever felt like you needed a middle man or a middle woman, got to end tonight, y'all. We can't get better with you still thinking you don't have the right to talk to heaven for yourself. Number three, the Holy Spirit is responsible for regeneration through sanctification. Way to ghetto, you know, ghetto term this, I would just say this. He's going to change your life whether you like it or not. So this is important to understand about the Holy Spirit. He is the one. It's his role. Yes, he's the comforter of our souls, but he's also the challenger of our souls. That's why a lot of people don't want any parts of the Holy Spirit because he is the convictor. He is the one that will challenge your bias. He is the one that will challenge your old racist mindset. He is the one that will challenge your fleshly desires. That is the job of the Holy Spirit to confront every part of your life until you get better. So I know a lot of people who don't want any part of that. And I always say, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, it would make sense to pursue the Holy Spirit. If he's the one that helps us know when a conviction is to go or stay, I want to know that God. If your conviction level is what's going to keep you in church or out of the will of God, I want to know the Holy Spirit better to keep me where I need to be. And there's a, there's a really cool way that I phrase this in our church, and maybe it'll help you, but it, you can write this down. God the Father, he initiates. Let there be light. God the Son, he declares. I am the light of the world. And God the Holy Spirit, he executes. He's the one that's continually bringing things to light. So now you know. Wow, if I don't know the Holy Spirit, it's going to be very hard to understand who's who. If I don't know the Holy Spirit, it's going to be very hard to stay on track with my life. And I'll even break it down further because I can't preach this anywhere but Miami or New York. But I was searching for ways to explain this to a friend who did not understand any theological terms I was giving him. And I was like, um, maybe some of y'all can relate to this. But I said, have you ever seen the show Narcos? If you haven't, um, it's a nice show. If you have, you understand the context. And I said, okay, this is the way that the Trinity works, okay? Um, God is like the drug cartel. He has more product, fields of product all over the world. It's amazing. Jesus is like the drug kingpin. Everybody knows his name. He's the boss. He's in charge. Some fear him. Some love him. Everybody knows him. But the Holy Spirit is like that Brooklyn weed dealer. He is the one that is responsible to make sure everybody has what they need. You need drugs? There's a street dealer there. You need something to lift you up? There's a street dealer. You need something to take you down? There's a dealer for that. In this paradigm, the Holy Spirit is the one that breaks down all the fancy church stuff and says, Do you need to lift your head? Here I am. He's the one that breaks down all the fancy theology and says, hey, you need some comfort? Here I am. Here we go. Y'all didn't think you're going to hear a drug reference in Miami tonight? Come on. That's a long way for me to say this. Why would I belabor this point? Because you do not want to find yourself in a position 
where God opens up a door and you're supposed to be full, but you show up empty. I think it happens often because we don't know that the Holy Spirit, just, just in case, let me take a quick break here. We are those people that still believe what the Bible says. Do not get it twisted. Don't get it weird when you see articles about cool hipster churches and seeker sensitive whatever. Let me just continually set the record straight. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We believe that you can speak in tongues. We believe you can look at a dead man and say, come to life in the name of Jesus and they will. We believe we can walk into a hospital and say bring me the sickest around here because my God is a healer we believe it all so just in case you were wondering like what kind what's VU conference about we're about if it's on the menu we're going to order it we don't believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit stop when the Bible was written we believe they're active tonight but I don't know who I'm yelling at but I'm going at somebody but I just know there's been moments where the Holy Spirit will open a door as we're begging him to do tonight. And we will step up in a moment. We're supposed to be filled with the knowledge that the advocator's here, the counselor's here, but we come up wanting because we weren't filled like we could be. I remember one time I got a call from somebody in our church and uh, this woman said, my husband is, I think he's going over the edge tonight. And she was, you know, talking about her husband, who I knew he had some um, PTS issues just from uh, serving on the police force. He was a, a veteran in our uh, military and he had been going through some mental struggles. But she said it's never been like this. She said he's on the back porch and he's saying things I don't understand. And he's foaming at the mouth and it sounds to me like it's demonic. It sounds to me like it's something crazy. And he's just tapping this gun on the table. Can you come over? And I had two friends with me and I said, hey, guys, we got to roll. Get in the car. Where are we going? Don't worry about it. And we went over there. And as we were walking up to the house, we could hear these noises. And I, I'm not going to, you know, try to dramatize this, but let's just say it, it just one of those moments where, you know, you can feel it in your spine. You knew this was not something of this world. The sounds that were coming from that back porch. And I looked at my one friend and I said, you ready for this? He said, I woke up hoping something like this would happen. And he started speaking in tongues. And I looked at my other friend. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, looked at, I looked at my other friend. He goes, I said, you ready? He goes, yeah, I'm ready. And we got close to the door. He goes, oh, Pascal, you know what? I'm not living right, man, to tell you the truth. But I've been having some dramas, and I don't know if I, that I've been lying to you about some other stuff. And I just don't think this is a good night for me to be here. So I'm going to go to the car. I feel bad. I'm going to go to the car. I, and he went to the car. <laughs> I looked at my other friend. I was like, man, really? Down to two. I said, let's go. Let's do this. We went in this house. And you see this guy who's obviously under the influence of something that's not from heaven. And we just walked up and we prayed. And we got closer and closer. And my friend took this gun from him. We just laid our hands on him. And we softly spoke in a language we do not know. But sometimes I don't want prayers that I understand. I want to be able to have it go from my heart, skip my head, and go straight to heaven. And I saw somebody in the blink of an eye. People talk about the Holy Spirit being about doctrine. It's about survival. 
You can keep your pretty prayers and your fancy religion. When it gets down to it, I need the power of God in my life. And I pray tonight. I pray tonight that you understand you have the same available anointing that Mike Todd does. That Rich has. When you see people who are functioning in their gift, it's not because they're special. It's because they're more aware, maybe. Where God is just looking for people who will say, Lord, fill me up. We'll get there. We're almost there. I've got 19 closes. <laughs> but I feel like we have people who will leave a conference like this ready for God to open up a door. Not yet cognizant of the fact that when you get there, you better be filled with what you need. Why does all this matter? Can you write this down? Because without the power of the Holy Spirit, this whole faith picture is incomplete. If we don't know him, if we don't recognize him, our lives will be incomplete because Jesus said you need him. You need the advocate. You need the helper. And there are still people who don't understand why their faith isn't clicking like it can. I always point directly to the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes we wait too long to get here. I, I just was almost repenting to Laura. I realized in our own church, man, we don't really talk about the Holy Spirit enough. We talk about a lot of other things, but if the Bible is real, if Jesus said, this is so important, it's to your advantage that I go, we should probably talk about this more. Because otherwise you give people the rules and you give people the regulations and you give people the burden and you give people the conference, but you don't tell them how to carry it. And we can't figure out why people are getting saved in record numbers, but we can't find them a year later. Because we're like, oh, cool. Well, welcome. Welcome to church. Here's our rules. Here's our T-shirt. Here's where you need to serve. Here's a Bible with your name on it. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. Here's what you can say. Here's what you can't say. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, the Holy Spirit. And so we got people who leave the world, left a crushing burden in the world. And they come and pick up a crushing burden in church. And nobody let them know, oh, by the way, that burden, the Holy Spirit will be the one that lifts your head. We're not expecting you to stay pure on your own. This is not an easy life. You have to know the one that lifts your head. Are y'all hearing me tonight? I don't think, let me get another drink of water real quick. It's that Florida water. There's some good chatter down here. I like this. Rich, I love that idea of having an encouraging choir behind you. I need that. I keep the keys up the whole time. Only Judah Smith can get away with stuff like that. I'm like, I'm telling no jokes, and I need somebody up here with me at all times. But I do think that our culture, I don't think we've rejected Pastor Rich. I don't think we've rejected the Holy Spirit as much as we have just not been aware or just been maybe scared off because of some really bad Christian PR. I don't think it's like an outright, we don't want to know the Holy Spirit. I feel like my generation especially is so jaded from Miracle Water commercials to weird Holy Spirit things that the moment you say Holy Spirit supernatural, people are like, I'm out. Can't take it anymore. Everybody's got a bad experience. Everybody's heard bad terminology. I mean, we're the only people in the world who say, come on, come on up here and catch the Holy Ghost. And people are like, I don't want to catch another thing in my life. The Holy Spirit is not an illness to be caught. 
But as a result, we have people who have been to some summer camp where some sweet youth leader was just like, you know, trying to get them filled with the Holy Spirit and forcing them to speak in tongues as if speaking in tongues is a proof of the Holy Spirit. It is not. It is a providence of who he is. But but they've all been up at an altar call where that that youth leader's just sitting there yelling out, speak it out. So you give them a charity fall, you know, where it's like, you know, it's not the Holy Spirit. You just want them to stop yelling at you. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Just speak it out. You're like, I can't speak anything else out. And you just go down just to get them off you. Modesty blanket, even on the guys. But as a result, we got Christians walking around pretty incomplete. They know what to say. They look okay. I mean, they're, they're okay. They're in. But there's no power. I remember asking a guy when I first got saved in our church, I was like, sir, he's my boss at the time. I was like, how come we don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit? And he's like, well, let me tell you something here, Carl. This is deep Virginia, by the way. Let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. We got some Virginians in the house. Word. Virginia is for lovers. (laughs) It's kind of weird, but it's a slogan. And he said, Carl, let me tell you something. He's like, well, at our church, we love to talk about the good man upstairs. That's the good Lord, the good Lord Jesus. He is upstairs. We love him. God the Father, he's up there. But we don't talk about the Holy Spirit too much because he's a bit weird. And we want to keep him over here in the corner because that's the Holy Spirit. That's when stuff gets a little bit crazy. That's when stuff gets a little bit weird. That's when stuff gets a little bit out of control. So we like to talk to the big man upstairs only. And we acknowledge the Holy Spirit once in a while. But at this church, we want to keep stuff in line. I remember thinking, I don't need any more boxes in my life all the things you just described that you don't want that's what i desperately need to fix my broken life i need god to break down some walls i need god to shake some things up in my life please but i wonder if you understand that where there is no acknowledgement of the holy spirit there will be no power 